Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 82 with our friend Michael Dietrich. We brought him back to get caught up with him about what he's been doing with his hike with Mike, his new course, and how he balances his outdoor hiking work with his personal training business. We talk about how he's recently moved to work actually alongside of me at Evolve South and how to navigate the decision to change facilities for trainers and how it affects your clients and a big discussion on social media minimalism and being in control of the time you spend on social media, make it work for you instead of having it control you. This is a really fun one. Hopefully you enjoy it. Stay tuned. Shut up and sit down. Everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're bringing back another guest today, a uh, one of our first ever guests. When you go back to, I think it was episode, was it Mike Two or three. number four? No, I think it was number four. Maybe we're wrong. But uh, my longtime friend uh, Michael Dietrich, he's a local Edmonton trainer, and uh, he's now located at the Evolve South location in Edmonton with me, which is really cool. That's exciting. So, Mike, welcome back to the Mountain podcast. Mike. Mountain Mike. He's Mountain Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. It's been crazy to see you guys grow. Since then, I was happy to be on then. I'm even happier to be on now. So thanks for having me. Well, oh. you kind of grown too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just crazy when you look back. I, I think it's the coolest part is when you're you're in ingrained with some really great people and you see everyone start to grow. Um, yeah, it's pretty rewarding and it's kind of mind blowing when you look back at everything that's kind of happened since then. Like you were in a helicopter at some point. <laughs> I just remember yeah, that. I it got was that. like. The- yeah, Bear Bear, Bear Bear and I actually got asked to go in for a search and rescue um, just kind of through how social media works. And yeah, so we went in to do some search and rescue. Uh, luckily, the week after that we were up there, we knocked off the area and they ended up being able to recover the body of some loved ones to provide closure for the family. So it's kind of cool. That's intense stuff. Yeah, yeah it's cool. And uh, if for anyone who's sort of tuning in and doesn't quite know your background a bit um you know obviously you've been a trainer in the industry for a long time but you more recently got into hiking and we detail that a lot in the original episode so anyone who wants to learn more about that stuff who's not quite current go back to one of the original episodes and you'll find out lots and then we'll speed it up to now where you just completed hike with hike with mike 3.0 which is a big turnout on your social media and you just launched a course as well so I guess we're what we wanted to get into is how are you balancing the demands of growing your brand as an outdoors enthusiast along with still keeping your personal training, online training work going? Yeah, uh, I think I think that was took me a little bit of time to figure things out because, uh, you know, training uh, was my bread and butter of how I was making a living. But I had a passion for the outdoors and I'm sure, you know, you guys have seen in the industry over all those years. It was just kind of that generic self because we need to market ourselves. So it's kind of that generic self marketing where, um, you know, it's look at my abs. Here's a come by my eight week program or look at my abs. Like I'm in I'm in shape so you can be in shape. And uh, I seen I was getting frustrated with the industry and I'm sure you guys uh, felt the same way where um, just the quality was so low and people were getting washed up in bad social media traps and. So it was kind of taking away my love for, for the industry a little bit. So uh, I just kind of wanted to go a different direction. And I, I didn't intend for it necessarily to go this way, but obviously being fit in the outdoors and training people kind of goes hand in hand. So I was doing a ton of stuff in the outdoors, um, just really 
going out and creating good content and having a good time and and putting in a high quality work with the clients that I had and people just kind of got caught on and I was able to niche into a whole different industry that uh, that is interests me a lot more than you know the the everyday kind of bodybuilding splits that uh, that I was kind of getting bored of so when you were kind of on trend in the sense that like I would not guess Instagram wasn't super big but like the whole GoPro thing was kind of new and you were kind of doing it in the Rocky mountains in a way that like a lot of people weren't like you had a dog and you were, you're jacked and you were kind of on trend in the sense that like you were doing something new and it did catch on. Like, would I be wrong with saying that? Like it, it caught on those um, videos. Yeah. Like, like I, I can't remember what all we had talked about in the first episode, but the way that things kind of kicked off was, uh, I was out on these hikes and adventures, which they kind of grew. It got a little bit bigger. They got a little bit more serious. They got a little bit longer. They got a little bit more dangerous. And, uh, I started, to gain some traction just by you know just having some simple content that um yeah people are, were liking and i just kind of seen some growth i just did something a little bit new and a little bit different and slowly over time it was just i think it's just consistency of getting out there doing things that i loved and people were loving what i was doing and yeah just gain more and more traction build up more of a following and as it built up more of a following there's a lot more interactions and uh, obviously there's a lot more room for a lot of different opportunities. So different companies and different businesses started to get behind things. And then, uh, yeah, I, you know, popularity grew a little bit more and people wanted to come out on these hikes and that's where hike with Mike one started, uh, which I was hoping for 10, 15 people to come out. And then I think there was like 50 or 60 people <laughs> ended up showing up in some remote area of the Rockies. <laughs> and then, Oh, which was just crazy. I was, I was so overwhelmed and I was so happy. And so I wanted to keep that going. So I launched a second one, which was really cool. And then, uh, I kind of went out of my comfort zone and, and organized one here just recently for the winter. And I think we had something like 80 Holy plus shit. people ended up coming out on this and then sponsorships started coming aboard. And, um, that's pretty yeah, nuts. And it was, yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. And obviously, when you're when you're doing those kind of things, um, it you just you just look at, like as the growth has come. Because I think like from a follower perspective, which I hate to even refer back to, because it like, feels like such a millennial thing. But we're at like six or seven thousand, and then exponential growth of just putting in time to do something that I really loved. We're at like. 20,000 and I don't look at that as like a, a number or a or a like counter or anything but it was it was what opened me up to so many opportunities and to be able to impact more people so once I was able to impact more people and have a little bit more growth um, I just watched these numbers and the hike grow and I was able just to go in and provide a really cool experience and because um, my frustration was uh, you know we've been on social media we're more connected with people than ever but we're as debt disconnected as we've ever been. Absolutely. Right. And it's, and you know, you're, you, sometimes it feels so crazy because you got all these friends and you're all this interacting. And you're just, when was the last time you've done anything? Like when was the last time you've been out of your comfort zone? When was the last time you really hung out with your friends? And I seen a lot of power in that going, man, we're so social. We have so many of these friends like Dean, I've only met you twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two it's or crazy. Three times, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And, We've interacted uh, lots, like that's yeah, right. And but I feel like I know you so well. Yeah. I'm not saying that we're disconnected, but I'm, but so many of these people, a lot of these people have never met these friends or these people they've interacted with, especially in the mountains. They see each other's pictures and they follow along, and 
I'm like, man, I just want to create a community and a platform that people can go in, can connect with each other and go in and have a kick-ass day, enjoy an incredible experience. And that's exactly what we did. And to see these people connecting and interacting and, and building confidence to get out there and do this by themselves. And it doesn't need to always, you know, it doesn't need to always be the hike with Mike event because I seen different girls and guys and everyone interacting and going out and doing this after they came on in the first one. And it felt like something that was just so special and so cool. Well, and you have a pretty good turnout, like 90 people, like let's just do the math here, like 7,000 people. You had 90 people go to the fucking mountains in the, in the winter. Like that's pretty legit in terms of like having that kind of impact. Which is, I guess, yeah. it's just a testament to your platform you've created. Like let's, that's a real; those are real numbers. Like that's not. Let's just be like, honest; they all came out to see Bear Bear. <laughs> yeah, but like we Honestly, have. that's in, a running joke. That's not so much a joke. It's in this world real. where everyone's trying to do like this easy high ticket bullshit and like get massive amounts of people. You had ninety people in person show up to something in the mountains in the winter. Like that's kind of yeah. cool. Just to even know that like what you've done is kind of elicited that because like that's that's a pretty big investment on someone's time and trust i guess to go <laughs> to go to the mountains in the winter I yeah don't know. and i mean and i think this this ties into some really like really interesting things when you actually kind of break it down and look at something as more of like a generalized thing because i after hosting these hikes i was getting a lot of messages from different like companies that organize events wonder and they're going how are you doing this <laughs> um and pe- like people asking like <laughs> how did this all come to be? Or people wondering like, how are you successful with your business when you're not posting about your business and all these different things. And people were also, also messaging me going like, it was, I think it's the thing that really resonated with me is people are looking for instant gratification that they want to know, like, how can I organize events tomorrow to have all 90 people come out? How can I run my business and just open it up and have the doors flood in and expect to be successful and there's no way that that's going to happen like i've been warming up this audience doing this for five years now and you know i i had a a close loved one of mine go michael you can't keep doing you can't keep just going up to the mountains and having fun like you you need to work on your business you need to do this stuff and most people were pretty uh um pretty like supportive of all this but some of the closest people in my life were like man, you got to focus on your work. You got to, and I'm like, man, I, I am focusing on my work, but I'm doing things a little bit differently. Like I seen the bigger picture, but it took five years before ex- like executing this whole thing to come together. And that's when I built up this course. And because I just watched my audience grow from, you know, 20,000 people that are asking, you know, I'm getting hundreds of messages a week asking for hike recommendations, fitness recommendations, all these different things to prepare themselves to, how do they get started hiking? And I went, man, I, I, I know that I can, I can help these people out. So I ended up working with a team, putting together this course and it's the ins and outs of um, like start to finish how to hike and be fit in the Canadian or in the Rockies just in general or in the mountains or in, for any adventure. It has to be like the and, first uh, of its kind. Like it has to be, I don't know. Like I've never seen anything. Like it was kind of cool. You're like, yeah, it's like fitness and we're going to work out shit and you're going to learn all about the real deal. Well, the, like this, all about the real deal, it's yeah. gears, all the mistakes that I made at the start and providing a platform that people can like connect in the Facebook group. And I can actually draw my attention from 20,000 people yeah. to like a couple hundred that enroll in the course. And I can really build up some people to, to not just sit behind a screen on Instagram and I can actually 
teach them and see them go out and do these awesome things. And I think it's going to impact a lot of people. So, and then of course, tying into that, that was like a business endeavor that I had. Um, cause people want to write courses. It's like a big thing that's going on right now, but you can't just write a course and then launch it and not, and expect it to blow up if you haven't put in some groundwork behind that. Do you know what I mean? It's just like all this instant gratification of open the doors to a business. It's going to be successful. I want to get a large following on Instagram. Yeah, but you're not doing anything. Like, and what's a large following on Instagram going to do if you're not adding value to anyone? It's been a little bit frustrating sometimes when you see people <laughs> doing all these things for the wrong reasons, if you can't tell. The whole Instagram game is a, is a weird thing too. There's all these content creators that are going out to take pictures just selfishly because they want to get contracts with companies and go make some money and they're doing the same shit as everybody else. And uh, I don't know, it, like, who, who are you trying to help? Is it yourself? But you're going to be a lot more successful if you're helping other people to help yourself in return. I would argue you know I mean? that. I would argue that. I mean, one of the the words that sort of I, I see and I laugh at is influencer. Uh, so when I see someone who brands themselves as an influencer, my guess is that they are trying to influence their bank account through getting people to oh. follow their shit. Uh, and again, maybe that's just me being a slightly older generation, not fully understanding social media and the way that that's evolved. Uh, because I, and I, I have a very strong belief in this in maligning the influencers, the popular people on social media doesn't do anything to have us grow our reach. So just complaining about people like Brittany Dawn fitness was this recent girl who half a million followers. She got in a whole heap of trouble for, uh, selling online programs, eBooks, diets, training stuff, and then not delivering on it. And then the whole blow up of it. If you did, but that's what I mean. I don't think it's their fault. Like, like Mike didn't get in the trap. Cause we're at an age where like, it wasn't really a thing where like now it's being taught as the way by people that they're influenced by, like not even influencers. Like they're seeing these people that are successful and they're saying, well, you have to do this, this, and this, and this. And I think that coming from those authorities, that's what's kind of changed the paradigm. Because I don't think kids, like we talked about, people don't have intentions to be bad people. I don't think people have intentions no. to go on social media and, and be influencers. But they kind of do now because that's that's well, at least the path that's been put out. And it's please, fucking stupid. Please never call me an influencer. I I absolutely well, hate But theoretically, I don't... theoretically, based on the definition, you've kind of done that without trying. <laughs> but like... <laughs> But like, that's like where you were never like, it's one of those things where you were just doing you, yeah. but to be, it's like the Kardashians, they want to be famous just to be famous is kind of like how they were kind of branded and people want to be influencers just to be influencers. You just wanted to go to the mountains and then that influenced people. They're like two different things, but people don't get I think that. I had an influence maybe on people, but the influencer, like, yeah, I really want to tack that onto a resume. I didn't get tossed <laughs> out the window. Like, oh. it's Brutal. Easy, easy analogy. You take someone like, again, this Brittany Dong fitness girl with whatever her following is and the deliberate attempt to blow it up and then sell this stuff. Or you get a guy like our friend Dean Somerset who has a legitimate following. It's not as big as hers. He's grown it organically over the years of just doing his own thing, uh, writing and creating products. And he had never set out to be an influencer. However, his influence on the fitness industry is enormous. But he doesn't have that kind of brand. Well, theoretically, so it's, it's like between no, it, it, it kind of there is a pattern for some of the people that are really doing. Like Mike and Dean are horrible at social media. Like you're good at social media, but like you're never on. Like you post. Actually, Mike is Mike is pretty good at social well, media. You, you're doing it more now, but before it was just like I'm gonna post the video and write like this is fucking sweet. Like that's kind of the extent to what it was. You didn't go through the yeah. whole list of like steps to get this many followers. You were just doing. And that, and you know what? That's what you. That's what you see on there, right? You yeah. see the. 
the follow unfollow you see the yeah. you see the yeah, right it, like all this little algorithm algorithm boosters right write a three word comment and share it on a bunch of people find out who the big people are and go comment on their things and try to network with them and there's people that are just like I don't know. It's just, I guess the right word would be it's just so thirsty for followers, but like for what reason to gain popularity, man, I'm, I'm just, I just say, I'm just out there doing what I love to do and that's never going to change. And the, you know, people are like, you need to get a big fancy camera and equipment like man. Yeah. So people want me to have a big fancy camera, all this good fancy equipment, a big DSLR camera, I'm like, there's no fucking chance. Like, I'm not going to tow that around. I'm going to stick to my GoPro and my phone and I'm going to get out there. I'm going to have memories. Like, my goal is get out there, have memories and experiences. And if I get a good photo or video, that's awesome. It's great for, you know, memories. I like that stuff. And if I need to go get a big fancy photo, then I know some really great photographers and I can outsource and contact them. But there's no chance I'm going to take away from my experiences to go just create content. And, um, yeah, so I just want to continue to be off thank to the reason that i got started because i love the outdoors i love the athletic component of it um, pushing myself physically mentally and it's something i'm going to continue to do forever um or as long as i can for sure so this leads us to like we kind of had this conversation last time you're like uh i don't think anyone knows i'm training because i just posting pictures in the mountains but like you are still training and you kind of made this big I changed move. it up a little bit <laughs> I, yeah yeah like you're, you're you're still training it's kind of cool and you moved your business to evolve yeah. so like and so you're working alongside Andrew now and this is kind of where we wanted to go with this essentially there's a lot of trainers who are kind of in the middle of their careers and they're thinking about moving their where they're doing their business or like the big decision of where do they move and take themselves I guess to train somewhere else and move all their clients do all that stuff what was the incentive for you and what should trainers consider before pulling the trigger on changing venues and kind of let's yeah. touch on how this also affects the client or the end user yeah, so uh, to be totally honest and transparent, it was crazy because I liked training. I didn't love training anymore. And I was starting to notice myself flutter out just a little bit. And I had this conversation with a few close people in my life. And it was like, I, I really want to like this, but I, I don't know why it's fluttering out. My quality work isn't as good as it can be. And then I did a big, a big kind of internal self-look because I really enjoyed online. And my online was doing really well. But my one-on-one is something I've always loved doing and working with those clients. And I'm like, man, I, I need to make a switch. And what is that switch going to be? And it, it was in my head. And then I had gotten a message from Andrew, just come in for a meeting at Evolve, which for people that don't know, it's kind of like a high-performance training facility to strength and Olympic lifting and a platform for the conditioning aspect, aerobic and anaerobic training that I really like to specialize in. And I went in and had the meeting. I seen the facility and I went like, holy shit, I feel like I love training again. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And and then all of a sudden I I was like, hey, all right, well, I'll start at the end of the month. And I it like really ignited me with what I was excited about because at the facility that I was training out of before, it's kind of it was just like sad and quiet and slow and the demographic was not a demographic that you really want to be training. You almost feel guilty when you're pushing yourself and you're pushing your clients. And, um, yeah, when we got into this facility, I'm like, wow, like this is, this is just me in a nutshell. And I was just super, super excited to put it all together. And yeah, so making that switch over, obviously you really need to take into consideration your clientele because change is always scary. 
um, you know, these people have been with me for some of them for like almost eight years and asking them to switch is, was tough. So, uh, I just told them, you know what, the first week is, is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be tough. The, the, the environment looks intimidating, but it's not, um, people made the transition so nice. Like Andrew, thank you for introducing yourself, um, to all my, to all my clients and just making it like a very warm welcome to, for myself too, and all the other trainers and some of the, uh, some of the, um, clientele that, uh, trains out of the facility it's and my clients felt really comfortable, um, getting into the facility. And after the first week, everyone felt so excited and on board and we're actually able to film in the industry or film and take photos in the facility and stuff, which was something I was kind of held back by, um, the previous place that we're at, there's a disclosure not to post or, or get fo- photos or video or anything. So I just started to post about that. And obviously people had no idea I was training and I had an audience of around 20,000 people. So, and they all really like what I do. And I'm kind of token as like the big fitness guy. So when, when it was like, Hey guys, um, I don't really ask for anything. You know, I'm not trying to sell something all the time. I'm not really asking for anything. I just let people know that I just had a, a, a switch in my professional career and that if anybody wanted to come on board, that I had some slots open and it was crazy. I think, I think right then and there, I had like 20 on 20 inquiries between like online and one-on-one training and everything. I just watched this explode and went, Oh my God, I'm in this new, new environment. Because people didn't know that I had a job, right? Um, <laughs> like if they dug her. deep enough, they kind of know. But, you know, there's a little link in my bio that no one really clicks on that I don't, didn't really ever talk about. And then, yeah, I just I just watched this transition. I was like, oh, man. And I now I feel so motivated. I I went in and I revamped all the systems on the back end of my business. And I, I got bigger into my programming. And, and now I'm watching client. I'm like, you know what it's like when you're doing a really good job with a client and they appreciate it and the energy's good. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just contagious. So you're doing a good job for them. They're doing a good job in return. You're feeling great about it. They're feeling great about it. And there's all this positive vibes going around. And yeah, I just watched this, this big amount of growth and I, I got retuned back in because after eight years, um, of putting a lot of energy into a career, it, it's pretty easy to let things get fluttered out if you're not like actively taking some, um, some measures to keep yourself interested. There's a couple of things that I would definitely throw in uh, for anyone listening. If trainers are especially thinking about changing venues, uh, number one is you know the actual cost of where you're operating. You know you want to have the best setup possible. New trainers, like brand new people starting the industry, you're probably going to need to take a look at commercial gym environments just because they're going to be some of the best places to get you started. But if you're an established trainer with your existing clientele, <coughs> then it's a little different. Something that I would caution people on is moving around a lot. I think it's very important you consider where you're going and to hopefully set yourself up at a place that is pretty stable financially. Uh, if you are part of a company or working out of a location that is probably vulnerable, we've seen a lot of gyms where trainers have showed up, locks on the doors one day. Sometimes it was like short notice. Sometimes they literally got no notice at all. And that's an awful feeling. That's a shitty experience for clients. So kind of knowing the history of and the success of and the culture of the place that you're going to go work is really important as well. When it comes to commercial gyms, because obviously I left commercial gyms, so you talked about talking to your clients. That wasn't a privilege I had. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, you know, you have a non-solicit agreement. So for anyone who's leaving a commercial gym environment, on one hand, you can't ask your clients. So you have to trust that your relationship is strong enough that 
they're going to turn around and contact you, which wasn't a problem in my case, so I got lucky. But because you have to make sure you don't get in a situation where you need your ass sued. On the other hand, um, I sort of lost that train of thought there, but you are, yeah, you are running a risk of losing some of your clientele if you jump out of a commercial gym environment, for sure. But yeah. What would you, that. what would you, this is just kind of off the beaten path, but what would you say to somebody that's 18, 19, 20 years old going, I want to be a personal trainer and get into the industry? What advice would you have for them? That's five episodes worth of information. Um, yeah, right. One, one of the, I, I get that a lot going, I want to jump in this industry and I go, man, if you want to make any kind of money, either be prepared to grind and have a lot of like a jobs. long learning curve to get up there or just don't do it. There's a lot of other things that you can do to make a lot more money. Well, the really only way that I think you're going to make money is get creative and work for yourself. Um, yeah. Cause you know, putting your life into, I mean, Andrew, you're fortunately one of one, if one of, if not the top um, making a good income at a commercial gym. But yeah, when, you know, I don't even, I don't know if their standards, 60, 70% of your income is getting taken away by the It depends gym. on it's, the gyms who, <laughs> like a place like LA Fitness, um, they keep a very, very large percentage. So, you know, trainers can get good experience in a place like that, but you're not going to make a lot of money. And then through other facilities, you're going to get a larger percentage. For me, because I was really good at maxing out the tables in every aspect of it, I probably actually kept 55 to 60% of it. Now, you know, it's 95% based on the way that uh, my setup is. Yeah. So that's obviously a massive incentive. It's, it'd be hard, man. Like, it's, like, it's like you, <laughs> yeah, well, Dean, I have a different Dean, road I mean, too. How long, how long have you been two years been in the industry? Crazy. <laughs> but, but like I, mean, I had a crew, I don't like, you're an absolute anomaly and I have watched you put in 10 years worth of work into, into a year well, that's to just get it. to where you're at right that's now. That's the answer it's, cra- it's crazy. But that's and the because, answer. I mean, what else, do you, Dean, what else do you do? Like you train, you learn, you train, you learn, you train, you learn. I'm like, it's I'm very admirable. So like good for Spend you. Spend 20 grand on continuing well, ed. You actually just hit on something <laughs> yeah. right there. And, you know, if you look at Dean's career trajectory, uh, a couple things that he did really well. One is aggressively learn, like actually learn your craft. Um, getting he, he got really lucky with the initial environment that he was set up in. That was a good very one lucky. For, in terms of grow. But I can't stress this enough. Uh, get to know, pay attention to, and learn from, and hopefully al- align yourself with, network with successful people in the industry. So, you know, get mentors, either formally or informally. Yeah, absolutely. How, how did Dean weasel his way in there? <laughs> well, that's, this Dean, is just, how did you do it? This is how it is. Like, I, I literally <laughs> spent a lot of money going continue ed, searching for all these answers. And then I finally, like, I was like, fuck it, we'll do the podcast. And then the podcast led to us meeting a bunch of people. Then we went to the summit. And then I met someone at the summit, Mike T. Nelson, who hooked me up with all the people that I was fucking like fanboying over. And then I got <laughs> locked into that. And then I just started, it was just like a flood of information. But, yeah. but that's a lot of like the answer to do that is I just basically invested a lot of money and I was okay with going for broke, but yeah. that's a hard yeah. answer. Plus I had a whole lifetime of experience before that. Like I, it's not my first gig. Like I was a teacher and all this shit. So it's one of those things where like you have to be prepared to work like just all the time. Like even with your shit, like you're working 40 sessions a week, Andrew's 40 sessions a week. Like that's fucking a lot. And so if you're not willing to do that. And that's what I, when people say this, it's like, I'm like doing this full time, you know, like, yeah, I'm doing full time, call it 30 sessions, whatever a week. Right. 
working with full-time online clients, doing all this adventure things, building all this, doing the course, organizing hikes, groups, events, all it's like Non-stop. be prepared to work like 80 to 100 hours a week. Like it's crazy. Yeah, like even I, it never st- stops, but you got to love doing you really got to love doing what you're doing there. You have to like it. Like the stronger you stuff alone when we built the stronger you fitness stuff. Like th- that's hundreds of hours. Like I, I yeah. <laughs> at this point between that I don't even know. But it's one of those things where like it's I don't know. I think that you just can't expect to make money. And I never did. I just expected I, I, I went for the fact that I needed to make it a career so I could do it because I wanted to do it more than I wanted to make money, but money just needed to happen so that I could do it long term. But if you go in thinking you're making six well, figures, man, like fucking like get your head a shake, like you might. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can, but it's, you got to put in a lot of groundwork to make it happen. And shitty trainers sure. don't make a lot of money. Like, and to be not shitty, you have to go like learn and like t- yeah. taking course and do a lot of stuff. And that's on top of working. And that costs money yeah. too. So like learning everything you learned in school, which is great. You you came from Nate, Andrew and I did Can Fit and I had all this other experience, but like that was the starting point and it has never ended since. And to think that I knew everything coming out of all that would be a very big fallacy. You can get a long way by reading good websites, the blogs, mm-hmm. the, the work of a lot of the industry best. I mean, if you go through the laundry list of people we've had on this podcast, a lot of them have been the people I've learned a lot from over the years yeah. just that's their free content alone now i'll pay to go see them and, and i have done so repeatedly later on in the career especially but early on you can get tons of this information for free uh and you can hours. buy you know books uh, i just I picked up a bunch of books god i wish i'd read years ago um some books by nick tuminello just one by brad schoenfeld and uh trying to think of what but that's else. hard to do like and, even and say that? Supple, Supple leopard does a great book kelly starrett you read those books and you'll actually pull a lot out of that stuff alone as a trainer. Just but saying out. that alone, like that's hard work for people like to go pick up a book and actually read it. Like even Mike with and well, all of us being, it's hard for me to read. And I know that's what I need to do. And like, that's a, that's an easy answer, but you, you basically have to not watch Netflix and you can't be on social media all the fucking time unless you're making money doing it. Yeah. Just, Dean, Dean, let's, can we talk about that real quick? Yeah. I, I really oh, like yeah. what you threw up there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can talk about it. You want you want to intro it? No, you intro it because well, I because I, I just seen I seen the footnotes of it. Yeah, and I was like, fuck yeah. Well, but, essentially, yeah. like this idea, and like I'm very guilty, and I think a lot of us can be, especially in the training industry, because we think social media also equals money, and so being on it all the time. I was using it for business, but then it got to the point where I'm on it for business, and then I'm scrolling through feeds, and I'm looking right. at all these stories, and then like basically someone close to me actually Ben House messaged me he's like dude you should read this book it was called digital minimalism but regardless he was like this yeah. is like i'm not throwing heat at you he's like i just think that you'll really benefit from it because i was always like coming up with quick comebacks to people like i'm just using it to fuck around but basically waste time and make fun of people and it was super fun for me but it was also a waste of time and i got to the point where i read this book and i'm like i'm actually looking at my phone all the fucking time to see if i got a text or an email or like a message on instagram where i could just I could probably do that one hour at lunch and just fuck around as opposed to doing it bat, 15 bat, minutes yeah, every hour. Yeah. yeah. And so I just committed to it. I was just, I read this book and whatever. I didn't need to, I knew, I knew, but it's one of those things where if you kind of see how social media is presented, it's basically designed to convince us to be on it more. So it does have addictive behaviors and they know what they're doing essentially. Like the social media oh, companies want yeah. you addicted. So I just basically, 
I define my intention of what it's for, which is for work and for me to kind of waste a bit of time, maybe like 15 minutes a day. But like after that, I'm trying to just get rid of it completely and then use it as nice. opposed to it just taking my time because I have a lot of shit to do and I'm not getting, I'm not as effective as I could be because of my phone. I'll explain it in this way. And this will probably everybody, this will relate to everybody. When was the last time you were standing in line, say waiting to pick up a cup of coffee or something else. And all of a sudden you realize your phone is in your hand. We do it instinctively. Absolutely. You almost don't even notice that you're doing it. So yeah, we spend an enormous amount of time checking our devices. And it's funny because I coincidentally uh, read the same book at the same time. We didn't even talk about it. Really? Yeah. It's Cal- <laughs> it's brand new. right? Yeah. So it's, it's really good. And Cal's other work is, is really good. We've talked about a lot of it on the podcast before. It's actually a really good book to be aware of. Just aware. How, how, like you said, how, uh, social media and online stuff in general is created to be, it's engineered to be addictive, yeah. very much so, and how we are susceptible to it. And it, you don't, it doesn't mean you have to shut it off. Like he talks about, uh, you know, uh, detoxing from social media. I, he's he's kind of hardcore, the author of not using it much at all. Yeah. I don't even think he has major social media platforms, but there are different steps that you can take to lessen its impact on your life. And I think everybody would benefit from at least being aware of this. Well, the biggest takeaways I had was my intention needs to be laid out and also realize their intention, which was like, they're trying to fuck you over. Like all these new apps are just trying to get you in. So you click and do surveys and like they get the data mine and shit. That's their intention. My intention was to do what I wanted to do, which was to find this business and a few fucking rounds on it. That's that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. So that was it, it for me because people think that growing a bigger following and all that kind of stuff that you're spending a shitload of time on there. And the time for me was a little bit of selfish time where I was putting mm-hmm. together like posts and things that I felt like, again, goes back and could add, add value to people, um, documenting what I had going on. But I do not sit there and scroll. Like it's yeah. like, it was, it was rare for me to actually see your stuff come up, Dean, because I don't, I don't really go through and scroll. I'd, I'd post, I'd come back, comment in the bat in like batch work to just, reply to like genuine comments that people actually like spend some time and yeah. thought putting into let them know that they're recognized um i'm very shitty at uh you know replying to all my message requests and direct messages and that was a whole idea of this course is to go from like this like a funnel effect of a yeah. whole bunch of people and then try to narrow my time down and give my actual time and energy to people that are serious about going into something there's growth like you guys see it's like you're a one-man show right we run this for ourselves and i don't want to hire a digital assistant to go in mm-hmm. and uh yeah. and to and to reply to people because that i want i want to interact with those people whenever i can I like um, that. but then also the again having an outcome is you know uh from from like the marketing aspect of things having your website or your landing pages pixeled so that you can go through and drive traffic from your audience over to there. So if you want to s- sell a product, sell a service, you can go in and retarget that market with things like Facebook Pixel and 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 figuring out who your audience is, branding them or marketing towards them, and then you know you could create a lookalike audience based off of the traffic that you've sent over there, and you know look at the analytics of who's engaging with you. So there's a lot of like smarter things that you can do, and that's what I always laugh about these you know these influencers or all these like people that are like spending all their time going and clicking and liking and commenting and interacting. They're spending all this time doing this. We're going like, man, you could, you could do this very differently and a lot smarter and spend 
you know, not six hours a day. You could spend, you know, an hour a day yeah. going through and like, and doing it from like a business perspective, but also then helping people. Right. Well, that was but intentional. Slaving yeah. away. It's crazy. I'm like there's, there's much better ways that you can spend your time and much smarter ways that you can spend your time. And yeah, it's batching, just crazy. I was just, sto- I was stoked when I seen you put that up. Well, and batching was a big, like, cause Cal like recommends a bunch of bullshit, like and whatever. It just wasn't for me, but the batching thing. And I consider batching, like I was doing it at lunch. I'll do it at night. Cause like whatever. And then like, if I'm in the bathroom and like, I've, I've tried to like really stick to that, but I think it's just that intention of trying to do it less because I was scrolling and I was just scrolling cause I was fucking bored. And I yeah. shouldn't be bored because I had lots of shit to do. So I was just trying not to do shit. <laughs> and once I kind of realized that it's designed to do that, it's designed to flood your feed with stuff. I was like, oh, man, they got me. They fucking got me. And it's because yeah. I'm online more because of my business that I got there. I was never like that. But it's because I thought I had to be online because a lot of my business is online with Stronger You. But again, with the funnel, my business is in Stronger You and I'm in their nutrition group and their fitness group. I'll just stick to doing that because I could be online and be 100% yeah, just- in that. But just do that. That's where your money's being made, right? Yeah. That's where your money's being made. And that's where you're actually, actually helping people. And I'll be on there all right? day. That's fine. It's just I can't be on there and then commenting on Andrew's post saying, haha, nice redheaded um, wilding dude. Which is like literally, it's <laughs> funny, what, but it was. It's what Chad Landers and Brad right? Bigger just do. That's their thing. But I will just do that at night for like my half an hour on my bed. Like I'll just go fucking make fun of everyone then. Because I like to do that. Like it's totally hilarious to me. But to do that all day long, like I, someone would post something and I would be like on the ball, like, yeah, fuck this guy <laughs> in like a nice way, yeah. <laughs> but I, that's stupid. I have to be aware of this stuff too. One of the nice things for me is if I have like wall to wall sessions on a given day, like today and we're recording this in the morning, so I'll start my day at noon and I go straight through till eight o'clock. We have a meeting in the middle of it all. And assuming everybody shows up, I don't actually have time to go and, and comment and do a whole bunch of stuff. So that sort of saves me there. But in my downtime, I do catch myself scrolling. So I've tried to take some lessons from this mm-hmm. book and I can't go all in on, on no. digital minimalism. It wouldn't work for me, but Jesus, you, you have to realize I'll go home, hit the couch. I'm tired after a long day. I've done my workout. And next thing you know, I realize I've pissed away an hour scrolling yeah. through social media. And that's an hour I could have read one of these books that I've got stacked up on training stuff or have done more writing yeah. because I'm trying to create time to write more. So being aware yeah. of this stuff is going to go a long way. So hopefully you, the audience too. You've kind of naturally done it though. Like, and that's where, like you work lots and like my work's a little different. So I, I had access to this stuff, but Mike goes to the mountains. So, I mean, you've had natural shutoffs where like you pretty much had detoxes built in. And I don't know if you meant that or not, but you have no service. Oh man. I'm, it's, it's crazy because like, once you grow a larger audience and once your, you know, online business is, is decently big and, you know, I have clients to interact with. You're getting like hundreds of messages a day, not including Instagram. And all these Instagram ones could be a potential lead to something or something that's a, you know, someone's just saying something really nice that you, you want to reply to. But you, there becomes some point that you just can't keep up with it anymore. And I've had a tough time because I hate text messaging. Mm. I know like Elon Musk said it so good on one of Joe Rogan's podcasts going like, the shittiest thing about humans is where our processing speed is so slow. Right? It's like it's like a waterfall through a straw. We have two thumbs to peck away on a keyboard to try to, you know, to try to reply to all these people. And it's like it's so time consuming. And, and I feel like I could be getting so much more done. But, um, you know, I leave people hanging high and dry that are like really great supporters or, you know, they they're leaving like these genuine, really nice comments and you leave them hanging high and dry. And you don't intend to. But 
you only have so many hours in the day and there's things and responsibilities that you need to focus on. So yeah, getting out and being able to just, and then being, having time for yourself and just going and disconnecting and getting out of cell reception. I actually think I'd be completely fucking crazy if I didn't have the opportunity to get away. Because you are crazy. And that was my thing. And like Andrew's thing and your thing is that I'm not adverse to working hard and I'll be really good at whatever I'm doing. So if I'm going to be scrolling and commenting and things, I'll fucking be a hundred percent. And like, that's where I realized like my personality needs intention because I'll just be the best at being everywhere. And that really ends up being doing no work. I'm everywhere, but I'm not doing any work. And so it was kind of like, it was a good realization. I think there's a lot of people that resonated with that post. Cause I post a few things every once in a while, but that one got a lot of traction where normally I don't. And I think it's because most people have that problem and they know it. And I knew it. Andrew knows he scrolls, but until the book kind of slaps you in your face, like, fuck, they, like, again, I just like Facebook. But got you know me. what, Dean, even, even in that, when you would, when you would like, I didn't even know you and you're, and you're like dropping some comments and like, poking fun at me in like a fun way i was like i like this guy it's you know good I, mean? I don't know this guy but i like this guy and we developed that relationship <clears throat> so even in that sense it um, worked i think that like that worked for you in some sense and and social media can be so powerful and uh, you know i'm so thankful for it for all the massive opportunities and it, it's allowed me to put me in the position i'm in with shit that i never ever thought i'd have the opportunity to do um sometimes financially sometimes just impact with other people and then sometimes to fly in a helicopter and have and have a family appreciate us coming out to help right it's just like all these really really cool things well that's where like andrew mentioned it cal has all these crazy things but like there's a lot of benefit to it and like yeah the biggest and i say it a lot but it's that intention of what you're trying to do like if i'm trying to like connect with people and make jokes with people like i'm totally cool with doing it it was the scrolling and like yeah, yeah. looking at Instagram bitches. So I get mad at them. Like it, you could tell who I got mad at because like it like filled it with business coaches and like the Instagram chicks. Cause I would just scroll that. Like I fucking hate this person. And like, that's all I got. I'm like, man, I gotta stop scrolling through this stuff. Cause that's all that's popping up. It's like, do you need business right, coaching then, ads? And I'm like, no, I don't. And, yeah. And then they'll put more of the bitches. In yeah. the face, right. I'm like, Oh my God. Like there's too much yeah. of it. So I was like, I'm out. It's, it's a good idea yeah. just to be aware of the addictive properties. Yeah. And I mean, to summarize all this stuff, like you said about intention just try to be in control of your social media usage Um, for some people it's going to take things like actually taking the apps off of your phone is not the worst idea in the world and then that way you actually have to log on to a computer because now think about this this is something he says in the book but think about this 10 years ago we would log on to a computer and sit in front of facebook that way everything is now mobile Everything is mobile friendly. And if you think about it, you've been using this a while, you realize, wait a second, oh shit, that's true. We didn't scroll our phones 10 years ago the way that we do now. The rise of the smartphone, all that stuff. So it's completely changed our lives. It's, it isn't the worst idea in the world to actually take these apps off of the tablets and the phones and make it so that we have to go to it, which makes it harder. It's kind of like food. I'm just reading the book, uh, it's The Hungry Brain by uh, Stefan Guiné, which is amazing. Everybody who's in the industry should read this book. So one of the things with food is you have to change your food environment. Don't have the cookies on the counter, at least put them in the cupboard. It actually makes a difference. Or there's famous studies about having M&Ms on a work desk versus in the desk versus across the room and people will consume less. So control your food environment, but actually control your social media environment as well. If you create barriers to accessing it, you can't pull your phone out in a lineup and immediately pop onto Facebook. It will change your behavior. And at first it's uncomfortable. It's really, really weird and uncomfortable. It actually can be kind of stressful, but pretty quickly it's, as it's documented in the book, you get quite used to it and it feels very freeing. 
So that's some yeah. food for thought for anyone who's, uh, you know, considering that or feels like they use it too much. We don't have a lot of time left, so we we talked about books a little bit. Have you, in all of this, found any time to read anything? <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is where the one, I think, like, just looking at how can I get a lot of high quality information in a short period of time. So I have the subscriptions to strength and conditioning research that I just go nice. peel through that guy. Um, just sums a whole shit ton of information up in a short period of time and lets me keep learning. Uh, keeps me kind of excited. I've done that for a lot of, a lot of years now. So I spend a couple hours a week doing that. Um, yeah. And then a lot of like, uh, a lot of like the mental side of like a lot of, just the mental side of things where it's not regimented books. I listen to like a lot of audiobooks and podcasts, but uh, I haven't really read too much strength and conditioning research. I really love. Um, and then even on social media, following along high quality people um, yeah. is a really great way to learn as well. It's So then that's using things again for the right reasons, right? I did do that. Yeah. That was one of my things was like, I have a bunch of coaches that I follow because I'm getting a lot of stuff from them and I've kind of narrowed down. So anyways, that was a huge thing I use it for. That's like almost my reading time is like seeing what they're doing and how they're thinking because there's a lot to be learned yeah. by just other people's principles and values and right. how they, I think, I think people think you're kind of crazy sometimes when you're like, what have you know, what have you been reading or how have you been learning? And you're like, man, that the internet, right. Instagram yeah. sometimes too, where you, but these people are putting out like, very very high quality yeah. information that like we would never have gotten to get before and i'm like a very visual learner so getting to see some of these the videos and i can just actually like sit back and just be a sponge and bring it all in um was a great way for me to learn get ideas get ignited with ideas and and kind of dust the cobwebs off of stuff that i'd already known that i wanted to get back and applying with people again so i think it's a good way to learn for anyone that's you know yeah we should probably let everybody know where to find you again. Yeah, like, actually, let's do this. Because we had the other episode. Where's the best place to find you? And then where's the best place to kind of learn about the hiking course? Because that was, I went through, like, man, Mike, Mike figured it out. But, like, where do people find all that stuff for you? I think the best place, uh, you know, I'm active on Instagram. So that's just at Michael Dietrich, which I'm sure you guys will link in to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I can just provide you a course. If anyone was interested in the course, um, I can put that in a link not to blow up or self-promote. But if it is someone that's interested in hiking, I think it it is something that is very valuable that can help out a lot of people. And I'm just excited to see, yeah, people kind of go from the groundwork, build up, and then see them grow and flourish and kind of make some positive impacts in their lives. Because I just I was just so sick of seeing people sit behind a, a screen and go, I wish I could do that. Like yeah. I was, I was so, I was just so sick of seeing that and was like, well, you can, like, we're that close. So well, and anyways, that's, yeah. Well, one, one story with that is like, I've actually met a few people. I actually know a few people that have won on those things with you and they've continued it since because those experiences allowed them to kind of learn how to do it. And it's not really that hard, but like, you still got to get out and, and get used to what it is. And I, the people that I know that have gone have like thought it was awesome and they've continued that habit. So it has been valuable. Mm -hmm. And I think you know that, but. Well, one of the reasons why we brought you on here too Thank is you. to actually let people know what you're doing. And so like, we want to promote every guest we have and you know, you, you and I have been friends for a really long time and you know, we're talking about the get connectivity and responding to messages. Well, you know, a couple of years ago when I'm really like, I have to get the fuck out of this horrible environment that I'm working in 
you know, you were my first message. We got on the phone, we talked, we sat down and, you know, you being an independent trainer, that helped me a lot with that part. And then more recently, I shot you a message just to be like, hey, dude, we want you over here in this environment. And then that, that started as well. So, you know, you've actually been really critical at just a couple of key junctures in my career. So the least we can do is to say, hey, guys, go check out, you know, Mike's, you've got an Instagram for your training and for your hiking. So they're two different Instagrams. So guys, go follow them on both. And if you're really interested in hiking, yeah, check out the the course. It's funny because like, it, it, like a lot of these podcasts will do it. Like, oh, you, you got to get on here to self promote this stuff and blah blah blah. We're, this is we literally just needed a guest, and then you released the course. I'm like, man, we could talk about your course. This yeah. is perfect timing. Yeah, I know this. This is this is one weird. I think this whole episode went in just like social media realm because it's something someone can always like relate to. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, there's so many people can get on there, relate to just endless scrolling and stuff. I'm sure we could have went in with some higher quality information, but sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's nice just to kind of just bullshit away. And this podcast um, is designed at initially to kind of like meet people and talk to them. At, and at this point, it's become a way to catch up with people. So I'm cool with us catching up and shooting the shit about something because you know what, there is stuff valuable in us getting some of the real story behind some of these things, which a lot of people aren't going to ask. And we could do that because we're buds. Yeah. And I think that there is the value there. If anything, I think that this episode for anyone who's a trainer or who is just an, a fitness enthusiast, there is a mountain of takeaway in this one. I actually like this episode. So Mike, you know, I'm really grateful that you came on and found the time. I know you got a client now in a few minutes, so we'll uh, we'll just quickly sign us off uh, to every listener. Uh, you know, thank you again for checking this out. If you recently discovered us and you're one of people, Mike's people through his Instagram, uh, go back and check out his episode. I think I think it's like the fourth one we've ever did. I know it's one of the first early ones. And then if you like what you're seeing here, we've got a lot of really awesome guests. If you're an Edmonton-based person or Alberta, we've had uh, Dean Somerset on three times. He's an Edmonton-based trainer. Hannah Gray, Jordan Jeske. Ha- Hannah Jordan, uh, Alfred Jong is yeah. one of our first guests. And if you're down in the Calgary area, Brian Cron and James Feller both. And, and Marty McPhee. So Mega Marty. So we've had three Calgary-based guys too. So we've got a lot of local Alberta people on this podcast. And uh, again, Mike, yeah. thanks so much. Go go kill your client, and uh, I'll see you at the gym yeah. probably this afternoon. All right. Peace, buddy. Okay, thanks a lot. Good to see you again, Dean. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Shut up and sit down.